Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 433 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Hamshack, and tonight we are doing our short topics episode. So if you tuned into the last episode, you would know that it was our weekender. And if you tuned into the one before that, you would have listened to our deep dive episode on SDR++. And those are the three different formats we have here. So once again, tonight is short format. And before we dive into our topics for tonight, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves, as I almost always remember to do. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so let's get right into it. We don't actually have a lead topic for tonight. I'm surprised that Bill didn't take the opportunity to shove some scouts <laughs> in here. Uh, since oh, I Joe could. Had... I could just I could make one up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. We can. I, I think I put in some scout stuff later on. Um, but if I didn't, oh well. I'm sure it'll get talked about at some point. But anyway, let's move on to our second segment, which is amateur radio topics. And Bill's got a nice assortment here of things we can talk about. And since I'm just reading copy right now, we'll let Bill hit the first one. Alrighty, yeah, and this one is Radar, a new radio sport. Uh, this is Eddie, the Zulu Sugar, Sugar, yes, Sierra, Zulu Sierra 6 Bravo November Echo ZS6BNEs blogs about changes to the Rapid Deployment Amateur Radio Challenge. The Radar Challenge has been with us for many years, unusual ham radio fun. It was designed to cover a whole 24 hours with the hope of international radar to radar communications. It was mostly touch and go with no defined times, modes, or frequencies, and usually local groups made arrangements to meet somewhere, somehow on the bands. I want to take radar to the next step starting in November as a trial run for future years. The three dates per year will remain, but the times will become shorter and planned using UTC as a reference time. My suggestion is that the radar sport challenges start at 1400 local time in whatever time zone you live in, and the end time should be 1600 local. That gives you a full two hours to make as many deployments as possible. The requirement is still five QSOs per deployment point. Uh, Individuals or teams of individuals will line up at the start time. No motorized transport. You are either on your feet, on a bicycle, or in a canoe. And I almost said cannon because <laughs> I was just reading it <laughs> well, as I, I suppose. Going. If you want to motivate yourself by human cannon, that would <laughs> yeah. count, right? I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> travel by cannon. That would be awesome. Uh, travel distances for on foot and canoes, as always, one kilometer and two kilometers if traveling by bicycle. This allows us to compare apples with apples. Uh, during the past few weeks, I have been developing the online radar sport log and has been tested mainly by the CW guys in uh, Zulu Sugar, uh, South Africa, I believe. And it caters to for radar grid exchanges. The, the This online system will need to be used during the radar sport challenges. It will allow the world to see the activities taking place throughout the world. And chasers can now have better opportunities to work radar sport participants. And they will have a general idea where the stations are active, having international access to the online logbook. And, uh, yeah, pretty interesting uh, blog post, and that's from his uh, personal blog there, the Zulu Sugar 6 Bravo November Echo blog, and we have it linked in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, an interesting uh, – radar has been an interesting concept all along. I've been kind of following it, I guess, it's for several years now, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that it's growing, and he really wants to kind of take it to the next level. All right. Very cool. Sounds interesting. And I think you developed a new mode, Stroke SM, for Sideshow Mobile. <laughs> Sideshow Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can use uh, Trapeze, High Wire, Canon. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So moving on, let's talk about the Transatlantic Centenary, the RSGB and the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Do we, do we not all know what that is? This is from the RSGB, so oh, you know, context. That's, context that's is true. king. Fair enough. And, you know, I'm sure that most people in the UK would like to forget that America exists. But uh, <laughs> they have announced joint events to celebrate the achievement of transatlantic communications by radio amateurs 100 years ago in December 1921. Oh, and by the way, White Castle was found in 1921, too. So, Sweet. <laughs> you go. go get 100 uh, burgers. Yeah, we got we got eight and couldn't eat them. AWRL <laughs> uh, sent Paul F. Godley, who held the U.S. call sign 2Z Echo, as their representative to listen for amateur signals from North America during the second transatlantic tests. Godley set up his listening equipment in Andersan on the west coast of Scotland, or Androssen, or something like that. He received the signals of more than two dozen American amateur radio stations. During the morning of December 12th in Scotland, the evening of December 11th here in the States, Godley received the first transatlantic message from the amateur radio station 1 Bravo Charlie Golf in Connecticut, operated by members of the Radio Club of America. The message read, number one, New York, check 12, CK 12, to Paul Godley, Androsan, Scotland. Party congratulations, signed Burgard Inman Grin Armstrong Amy Cronkite. And this was probably Morse code too, so way to keep it brief. The successful trans why didn't I say it was probably Morse code? Of course it was Morse code. <laughs> it was probably Spark Gap. <laughs> the successful transatlantic tests and the ones that followed in the next years would spur technological advances in new wireless distance records spanning the globe. The following Events commemorate the centenary of these significant milestones that heralded the dawn of two-way international amateur radio communications. There will be multiple events in December to commemorate this event, which I'm sure we'll be telling you about sometime before December. Check the ARRL and RSGB sites for current and updated information. 
And as Bill said, that came from the RSGB. So for those of you who Risk don't know, that's the Royal <laughs> or Radio Society of Great Britain. So there you go. What'd you say? I was just saying it's Riskabo. Oh, Riskabo. Yeah, that's right. The Arl Riskabo. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot we do that here. <laughs> All right. Cheryl, do you want to read a story or no? Waiting for her to unmute. What? What? Huh? Huh? What? Huh? what? Huh? <laughs> do, you, do you want to read a story or do you want to hole up in your, your Facebook hole again? I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> we just assume you're on Facebook, whether you are or not. Well, I'm not, but I'm I'm busy doing something. So. All right, then we'll we'll cover it. That's fine. All you right, have good. you have your you part later. That. Yeah, All fine. Right, fine. All right, be that way. Go. Fine. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into some open source topics, and Bill will let you go ahead and cover the next one. Sure. It's a uh, open source amateur radio satellite work not subject to export administration regulation. CEO Michelle Thompson, friend of the show, <laughs> W5NYV, reports that Open Research Institute, ORI, received an adversary or advisory opinion from the U.S. Commerce Department Bureau of Industry and Security, the, the biz, on September 2nd. The letter confirmed that public internet posts regarding open source amateur satellite communications work are not subject to export administration regulation, the EAR. Uh, ORI was founded in March 2018 by Bruce Perrins, K6BP, in order to provide a formal structure for open source satellite work. Uh, prior work for, by ORI established the, uh, yeah, we already know this, blah, blah. Well, you're being um, inconsistent. It's not ORI. It's ORI. ORI, that's right. Prior work by the ORI established that the open source amateur radio satellite communications communications work was free of international traffic in arms regulation. ITAR or ITAR or ITARI. I don't know, whatever. Uh, this is, quote, this is significant regulatory success for open source amateur radio satellite work and open source in general, uh, Thompson said. In a later post on the ORI site, Thompson said ITAR and EAR have a dramatic effect on both commercial and amateur satellite work since the 1990s. Quote, the regulations are blamed for significant decline in the U.S. market share for satellite systems and halted highly successful international amateur collaborations. Uh, end quote, she wrote. Uh, open source work that is published as it is created and is freely available to the general public at no cost is not subject to ITAR or EAR, Thompson said. And this was from uh, reported by the ARRL. All right. Very good. Well, I don't know if that's going to help, but <laughs> let's assume that it does in some way. So, Because there's a lot of open source satellite stuff going on. Yeah, it's cool. Not yeah, subject to these... Be- uh, Crazy Don't regulations. Be held up by, uh, you know, red tape and everything else like that. Exactly. Especially for these tiny little, like, CubeSats and stuff. It's like, who gives a crap? <laughs> Just throw them up there. Let, let them run into the ISS and destroy it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So next we have announcing Azure credits for open source projects. Open source software is an integral part of development in Microsoft. Aligned with our goal to empower all developers to be successful building any application using any language on any platform. Uh-huh. We are committed to building open, flexible technology and working with the open source community to grow together as an industry. Today, we're excited to announce a program to give back to that community. Azure credits for open source products. <laughs> well, you have to say it that way, right? Because otherwise, it's yeah. just Azure. Yeah. <laughs> Azure. 
This program grants Azure credits to open source projects for a year. Developers will be able to use these credits for testing, storage, or other development. Any project in any technology with an open source initiative, OSI, or OC, approved license is eligible to apply. We've already extended, who's we? We've already extended these grants to some projects in the open source ecosystem, including this must be Microsoft. Yes. FreeBSD, Alma Linux, Haskell, SnakeMate, and Prometor. Dun, and yes, dun, that, dun. that came from the Microsoft open source blog, the Mozba. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Mozba. So, develop open source and get Azure so, <laughs> or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have been enjoying WSL, though, or Whistle. <laughs> whistle? <laughs> whistle. Whistle 2? Whistle. I whistle while I work. But not the whistle G. You like the whistle too, but not the whistle G. The whistle too, but not the whistle G. Yeah, whistle G has its issues, at least for me so far. But it's, that brings up an interesting point because Windows 11 is released next Tuesday. So I wonder how many things blow up. <laughs> well, I know ever since... Uh, they started spamming uh, computers, Windows 10 computers that are up there in preview and stuff like that, that have like, like the latest, what, 20H, H2 or something like that, whatever. The, 20, the latest, 21H2, something like that. Yeah, 21H2 build. Um, like one of my computers, which is that Dell XPS 13, um, kind of foldy, backwards foldy, you know, craptastic computer, uh, it will not be able to upgrade to Windows 11 because the processor all being as weak as it is is uh is uh not approved however <laughs> ever since i started seeing those windows 11 messages my computer has been uh uh intermittently booting to uh recovery mode and <laughs> acting like it's going to die really soon so maybe maybe Microsoft is killing off all the old computers <laughs> that are running Windows 10. They said there will no be no computers running Windows 10 after we're done. <laughs> so we're taking a page know. out of uh, Apple's book and doing like massive I/O rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to get the system to implode. <laughs> uh, yeah, something's going on with it. I I finally I got it to boot just uh, yesterday, and I started backing it up, and I'm like, well, I'm just not turning it off anymore, so it's no longer a laptop. It's uh, a <laughs> it's a always on desktop until I get the company to replace that one. So because it is a company uh, laptop for uh, for uh, one of them. So yeah, mm, unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, there you go. Azure credits was where that was that came from, <laughs> so and we drifted into Windows 11. Yeah, uh, I guess that's going to be a topic of discussion. I'm sure coming up real soon now, even mm. on this show. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move into our fourth segment, which is actually our third segment: Linux in the Ham Shack. And the first one we have is uh, something Bill's going to tell you about. <laughs> we might as well keep swapping back and forth, right? So. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, this is a. Uh... This is a uh, FOSS for amateur radio, hashtag ham Sunday, hashtag open source. 
yeah. Amateur ham radio operators have been experimenting with ways to use computers in their hobby since the PCs became widely available, perhaps even before then. While many people picture hams either talking into a microphone or tapping a telegraph key, many hams now type on a keyboard or even click buttons on a computer screen or write programs to click the buttons for them uh, to make contacts. Uh, even hams who still prefer to talk or use Morse code may still use computers for something such as logging contacts or predicting radio conditions. While most hams use Windows, there is no shortage of ham radio software for Linux. Uh, the LWN article that was contributed by uh, Sam Sloniker, KJ7RRV, was, uh, was basically linked uh, to an Adafruit blog, which I thought the blog had the story but then i went in and, and actually dug into the article and the guy uh uh yeah i'm sure it's a dude right sam could could be a woman but you never know uh but yeah yeah he kind of kind of goes over all the applications that are out there like ham clock and x log and and ft8 and you know um wsjtx so on and so forth and i was like okay yeah this is kind of just you know Sort of just general information and uh, scrolling down, scrolling down, and oh, look who mentions. Uh, there's someone who mentions a Linux in the ham shack. <laughs> so this is why it got included here. And uh, that user is a subscriber by the name of Downey. So Downey, if you're listening to us, thank you very much. Um, yeah, he says uh, it's not software. Uh, but related good source I found for tracking new and existing software and related free and open source software development in amateur radio is the Linux in the Hamshack podcast. And the website is lhspodcast.info. So, hey, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, the author of the article here, Sam, uh, did not know about us. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he soon will be a listener as well. So thanks for, uh, for propagating, uh, uh, the availability of what we're doing here. Um, Downey. <laughs> yeah. So that's really why I included that in our, our open source Linux in the Hamshack segment. Well, fantastic. That's excellent. Thank you, Downey, for getting out the good word. Cause otherwise I felt like this article was written in 2011 rather than 2021. Cause <laughs> kind of, kind of read that way. We're all using windows and there's no, you know, trying to promote Linux and stuff. That's what we were doing 10 years ago. So moving on, we have, <laughs> Bill probably put this next one in here because uh, <laughs> because of doing a, a new build of the <laughs> Linux in the Hamshack distro, and then this came out three days later. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> hey, hey now. <laughs> WSJTX 2.5.0 general availability release is available. It provides features and capabilities new since version 2.3, including the Q65 mode and improved rate control. New features are described in the WSJTX user guide and in the release notes. If you will use the new Q65 mode, please read the quick start guide to Q65 on Windows platforms. WSJTX 2.5 also includes MAP65 3.0.0 a wideband polarization matching tool intended for EME or EME or EM. Emmy. Emmy, <laughs> yes. If you will use MAP65, be sure to read the quick start guide to WSJTX 2.5.0 and MAP65 3.0. Just, you know, read the docs is what they're saying. Upgrading <laughs> or TFM, from a, right? <laughs> right. TLDR. Okay. Upgrading from a previous rever uh, version will be straightforward. There is no need to uninstall or move any files if you want to make sure... To have the latest list of default working frequencies, go to Files, Settings, 
frequencies, right click in the working frequencies list and select reset. And that came straight from the WSJTX project. Yeah. So go. Yeah. Mine just, uh, mine just updated today on the arch system. So it finally, uh, someone, uh, who maintains that particular package has updated it and, uh, runs fine. No problems here, but I have been following the, uh, the mailing list for the WSJTX and, uh, there are still a few like outliers out there that have having random issues, including some Linux users. So hopefully those are just isolated events and there's not a broader, um, broader issue going on, but I've heard some weirdness with, uh, not able to, uh, to transmit audio and then a couple other just random things, but they seem pretty random. So I think you should probably have no issues with uh, loading 2.5.0. And since you mentioned the disc, I probably will uh, remaster that. Uh, yeah, probably this weekend. All right. So if you're going to download the Linux and the Hamshack Ubuntu version, wait for a couple of days. So Bill can get this latest version of WSJTX in there. And uh, as I recall, it also includes SDR plus plus. So yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So check that out. It's a good way to go in your ham shack. I don't know if we actually mentioned that on the show. How did we? Cause I made it for your, when was your, when was your ham fest? Well, Saturday. So, Oh, oh so yeah, not. this is, we haven't even mentioned it. So yeah, I did master a new uh, version of the disc, even though we're telling you to wait till we remaster it one more time, but <laughs> there is a, there is a Zubuntu build with a, you know, the XFCE front end, uh, Ubuntu LTS, uh, 20.04.3, um, up on our, uh, our ISOs, um, our ISOs, uh, site. So you can check that out. Uh, and I'll basically update it just one, once more, just to put the uh, latest version of WSJTX on it. But it has all the usual goodies, including I actually replaced the wallpaper on it. So inside of live mode, you'll actually see the wallpaper. <laughs> so I figured a way to, to get that in there. And it should show up once you install it as well. Uh, of course, you can change it to something else. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else did I put on there? Uh, yeah, JS8 call, the latest versions on there. Obviously 2.4.0 WSJTX is on there. SDR plus plus 1.0.3 is on there. And then all your normal ham radio pure blend stuff is on there. Um, the latest version of CQR log 2.5.2 along with Maria DB is on there. So yeah, well, uh, Dan, yeah, it does does have GNU Radio. I mean, technically, if you, I think, if you install GQRX, you get uh, most of the GNU Radio stuff bundled in. I saw your blog post on that, and uh, Dan just mentioned that in the chat room, KB Six NU. Um, yeah, a lot of the software that's out there does have pieces and components from the GNU radio project. So probably a lot more people have it than realize that they're using it. They just don't use the GNU radio builder uh, to actually do the fundamental blocks and stuff like that. But they are definitely using GNU radio derived <laughs> software and, and plugins and everything else. So yeah. And uh, you should have some stickers showing up to your house for your laptop. And that's all I got. Okay. Excellent. Well, and that's all we've got for topics. Actually, we're down to the almost the end of the show, but now we're going to try and drag Cheryl back in, kicking and screaming, because this is the part of the show that she does, which is our social media roundup. And uh, I didn't hear any clicks or anything, but I'm going to assume that she's there and she's going to pick up right when I stop talking and go ahead and do the social media roundup. So here we go. 
Okay, so for our Patreons, we have Gary Tibbetts, Bryce Johnston, David Scarf, David Slaughter, Jim Lawson, Patrick Ang, Douglas Schock, Eric Guth, Brandon Rosak, John Spriggs, Robert Lewis, Robert Pitts, Douglas Redder, David Jakeway, Darren King, Cubicle Nate, Erner Castales, Samuel Vimes, Peter Caffrey, Richard Gordon, Paul Griffith, Janice Rulo, Donald Gever, Er Garcia, Steve Sainer, Steve Metcalf, William Heckelman, Randolph Smith, and Andy Webster. For our subscriptions, we have Paul Mooney, Chris DeLuca, Andy Cowley, El Eric Muller, Carl Backus, Isaac Gear, Thomas Foy, Michael Burdak, Kevin Ivey, Tony Coverley, Ronald Ike, Johnny Kinsey, Peter Spots, Fred Cole, Bill Pieter, Jeffrey Boris, Robert Halliday, Wayne Hill, John Clark, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Roger Pereira, Howard Dittmer, Todd Bowers, Michael Carey, A. Taylor, Dylan Angle, Jim McKenzie, Bill Collins, Robert Black, Darren King, Randolph Smith, Robert Yerke, Steve Viola, Alan Wilson, Mark Farrell, and Jeff Zimmerman. On Facebook, Frank Austin joined us. On Twitter, we had at Jeff Soapy Smith. On YouTube, we had C. Birchfield, Paul Griffith, W6BZY, Shane, VK5ZSL, Andrew Hines, SM6ELK, Bruce, Slowmo53, Cooper Coos, Caleb Chernish, John Graffio, and Vernon Deal. On Discord, we had JK, which is N0ES, and Sapo Lion. And we had nobody join us on the mailing list and no merchandise sales. All right. Well, that is it. That takes us down to the end of the program, our short topics, and of course, our social media roundup. And is that, is, are you shaking a cocktail over there? I was taking a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting ready for yes, the, the last episode. I, right, I, right. I, just, I just read like 3,000 names. I needed a drink. <laughs> I got to be a little bit of, uh, you know, a little dry throat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, nothing like a little cotton mouth when you're trying to read. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that takes us down to the end of the program. This was our short topics episode. But before we go ahead and get on out of here, we want to mention the folks who are listening to us live, or at least the ones we know about who are listening to us live. We had Don KC9ZMY, Tony K4XSS, Ted WA0EIR, Dave W3DJS, and Dan KB6NU. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you to all those who download the show every week or every week and a half or how. I don't know. It's three times in two weeks. I don't know. There must be some word for that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks to all all of you download and listen and make the show worth doing. And for those of you who support us financially, we really appreciate it. Helps keep the lights on and keeps all the stuff that we do going. And uh, every little bit helps. So if you can support us financially, please do. But the show will always be free to download and listen because that's how we wanted it from the beginning. And that's how it will be until we stop doing it whenever that is. But anyway, let's go ahead and get on out of here, and we hope you'll come back for our next Deep Dive episode, episode 434, which will be very soon after you download and hear this one. But this has been episode number 433 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs>